Righto, guys, exciting news. Like we always do, we've actually pulled off the pay-per-view for the Podcast Royale on the 27th of April, so you'll be able to watch us swinging down the flats. Fucking oh, swinging, biting down on the mouth guard and going for the KO, all three of us. It wasn't an easy task, Cam, for the whole Alpha Events team, and it was a frequently asked question, so we are pleased to announce it will be pay-per-viewed. You will be able to get everyone around on the source and watch us swing. The second part of this announcement is obviously the boxing shirts to go with the event to support us. If you're on the Alpha team, buy yourself an Alpha Blokes boxing shirt. The pre-sale will be 18th till the 20th of March at alphablokes.com.au. This shirt is never coming back. It's a new design. It's a new style. We're fucking keen and we're excited that you guys will be able to watch from anywhere now. So get a shirt each, get on the piss, support each other, wear it on the night. Let's fucking go. Top of the morning to you. This episode is brought to you by St. Patrick's Day Shamrock Shavers Manscaped. This year, don't just chase rainbows. Make your own pot of gold and groom your little leprechaun with the leaders in below the kilt care. Say goodbye to your clover forest with Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 and let your confidence shine bright. Embrace the look of the Irish and join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. Head over to manscaped.com and use the code ALPHA for 20% off and free shipping. Hey, Tommy, ever since <laughs> I've ever used Manscaped, I can probably say that I've found my pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. This St. Patrick's Day, make sure your little hairy leprechaun is luckier than ever with Manscaped. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f- he wants. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Elf Blokes Podcast. Here to give the everyday battler a voice, delete head noise one laugh at a time. Going to crack a tin of better beer. Cra- um, winning a tin, the athlete's choice. And on the topic of athletes, we actually have a real athlete with us today, Jackie Smith. How are you, brother? Yeah, good, boys. How are you? Yeah, Thanks good, for mate. having me on. No worries. And it's uh, actually not Jack's first time. He come on, I think it's the seventh episode, when we were still in the end bay of Cam's shed. Sweating. Um, sweating our holes out. So she's changed a bit since then, brother. Yeah, you boys are growing a bit. Yeah, it's been, yeah massive now. Yeah, no, I can bring that mic a little bit yeah. forward, brother. And up a bit, just so it's right there. Yeah. Give us a How's tester. That? Yeah, yeah, it's better. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Even Quino can adjust the volume yeah, over sweet. there and stuff too. But, mate, I suppose it's just we just thought it would be a great time to get you on and reflect on, I don't know, a few things on what you said last time, your goals that you had last night, like with your Ironman races, and pretty much just get an update, bro, because I've just been seeing on the socials and stuff, obviously following you, that you've really kicked it in the ass this year. And, yeah, what's been happening? Yeah, so I think last time I think I was just about ready to do my first Ironman, I think. I think that's what I was training for at the time. So Yep. We did that. Um, that would have been June last year, and then I got through that one, and I wanted to have, have another crack while I was sort of in that sort of training block for that long distance type racing. And then um, 
we did the, another one in December last year over in WA, Busselton. Yeah. So I did those two Ironmans and then um, and plus a few other races last year. And then we decided this year we'd focus on doing some sort of middle distance type racing. Um, the sort of long course, they call it the long course triathlon, which is sort of the distance down from the full Ironman. It's around the half Ironman type distance. The world champs for that are in Australia next year, 2024 in, in Townsville. Yeah. So basically just uh, focused on that this year, trying to get the qualifications. There was a heap of qualifying races this year and basically just spent the year focusing on those qualifying races and then, yeah, hopefully get through to the Australian team to go to the world champs next year. Fucking oath. Which psycho put it in fucking Townsville? Yeah. Hot as fuck with Crocs. <laughs> yeah, anywhere in Australia and it's in Townsville. But anyway. <laughs> Where will you swim up there? Well, we... um. We did a couple. They had a test race this year in uh, August. It's going to be in August next year, and they had a, like a whole multi-sport festival this year. And yeah, you just basically going straight off the beach out the front. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. The, wow. the, the two races I did up there this year were back-to-back day after each other, and they were smaller races. They were just the, I did the aquathon and the duathlon. Yeah. Yep. So they aquathons like just a swim run, and then duathlons run ride run. So I only had to do a one k swim while I was up there, but still, yeah, the waters, everything's. Yeah, the stingers in the water. Everyone always talks about the crocs. Fucking hell, bro. Yeah, I don't know. It's when especially you... a lot of commotion going on to attract them. Like yeah, you'd want that's it just right. Middle of the pack like those wildebeest crocs crossing the fucking... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sort of... When you're out training by yourself, like in the ocean, I tend to swim a lot in the pool, but um, when I am out training in the ocean, it's like you do think of it. Yeah, like thinking, oh, fuck, I hope there's no sharks around here. Like even off Tannum, you know? Yeah. But I... Yeah, when you're in a race, it sort of takes your mind off it because it's so much happening. Your adrenaline's going, you know. Yeah. Um, there's a heap of people around you. You're a few trying. more to pick from. Yeah, that's right. As long as you're not the first or the Plus, last. mate, if right. I was a croc, <laughs> if I was a croc, I wouldn't pick you first, nah. Russ. There's yeah. no meat on you. Yeah, well, you're probably right. So, yeah, it's probably a win. But, um, yeah, no, it was it was good. So, they, do you want to do that race? Yes, just straight off the um, Esplanade there at the front mm. of, in Townsville. They've just released the courses for next year, so... It's going to be good, but the swim in that race and the long course tries 3K swim. Yeah. And then it goes to the rides 120 and the runs 30K. Fucking hell. So man. it's sort of like the distance between half Ironman and full Ironman. They call it the long course triathlon. Yep. Um, but they've got a heap of events up there next year. So they've got the, um, it's the whole multi sport world champs. So I've actually qualified for the Aquathon. That's for the race I did in Townsville in August and the duathlon as well. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to focus on the aquathon and then the long course try. They're three days apart. I don't think I'm going to do the duathlon, but um, yeah. So I'll, I'll, that'll be the next sort of start, first half of next year. We'll be training for those ones. Fucking nice, mate. That's awesome. So yeah. get, just recapping for people who might not have listened to the first episode, what is an Ironman that you did do yep. and how long each leg is in that? Like, I know you mentioned half before with that one, but just to give them a bit of an insight. Yeah, so there's so many different distances in triathlon. There's like, it starts from a sprint distance, which starts at 750 swim, um, 20K on the bike, and then a 5K run. Yep. And then it builds up from there. The Olympic distance is exactly double that. So 1.5, 40 and 20, uh, 40 and 10, sorry. And then um, from there, it goes to your long course triathlon, which is any, it sort of doesn't have a set distance, but it has any sort of range from, they tend to be around the 2K swim, 80K ride, 20K, 18K run. Mm. Um, and then the world champs are a little bit longer, but they still call it the long course triathlon. Um, and then the, then it goes into full Ironman distance or Ironman, they class it as, um, which is has, it's their own organisation. And that's that's the longest distance you can do in a, in a multi-sport event and triathlon. And that's a 3.8K swim, 180 on the bike, and then... <laughs> 
um, 42k full marathon on the run. So holy fuck, bro! And you've done that twice. Yeah, I did twice last year. So I did June, um, Cairns in June, and then I went through and did Busso in um, December last year. Wow, man! Talk us through getting through that race because obviously you train a lot leading up, but just yeah. Run, run us through the fucking mental game and physical game throughout that whole race because it'd go for a long time. Yeah, it's it's a long it's a long event, and you know, even with any sort of multi sport event, there's so many variables, there's so many things that can go wrong, you know. And again, I'd probably I think I did about eight months training before. Like I was, tr- I've been training for six years, but not so much specifically for the Ironman, but over any distance. So I had a bit of base in me, but then. Um, building up to the full Ironman. We probably did about an eight-month build towards that, and it was just slowly each week getting a little bit longer, a bit more, and then the intensity comes towards the end. But you don't throw too much intensity and when you're training for a full Ironman. I mean, the full, the, the first one I did um, in Cairns, I did 10 hours and t- <laughs> 50, 20 minutes or so. Holy fuck. And then the one I did in December in Basso, I did 9.26. So, but yeah... Training for them, it's a completely different type of training than any other triathlon. I mean, the intensity backs off. It's just a lot of time on your legs and a lot of time by yourself. So it's mentally pretty hard, like, especially around here. Triathlon, there's a fair few people in town that do triathlons and that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, for a lot of it, I'm out training by myself for hours at a time. Mm. And it's pretty hard mentally. But I think that's a good thing because when it comes to those races, you need to have that mental capabilities to be able to get through them because... You can be as physically strong as you want to be, but mm. when it comes to the back end of those long races, it's it's all mental. Yeah. And there's been plenty of races, especially this year. Like, definitely there's other guys that are well stronger than me, whether they're swim, ride or run, and even all three of them probably stronger than me, but I might get the edge on them just mental, mentally stronger, I suppose. Just getting used to putting the hours in by yourself. Yeah, and I think that's a big thing, especially for around here, like just because I'm doing most of it by myself and working like 12 hour days at work too you sort of got to manage it around there and i'm getting up pretty early in the morning and doing those long sessions and it is mentally hard to get up and get going especially in the morning sometimes i'm up at two in the morning doing some pretty crazy training but mentally that's what probably gives me the edge in the back end of those long races that i sort of start catching some of those other guys and yeah they probably still stronger than me but yeah just mentally i think that's where it gets you yeah that's fucking that's unreal man when you're starting those races, right, where is your mindset? Like, what, what are you thinking about? Are you just zoning everything out and just focusing on the step in front of you? Like, because yeah. if you think about it too much and go, oh, that's all good, only a fucking million Ks to go. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. But, you know, you you believe in yourself because you've done the training. I mean, you're not going to go into an Ironman event without – You don't, you've never – I've never done the full thing in training, obviously, but yep. – you do a lot of it in long training sessions, enough to be able to back yourself to get through at least three quarters of it before you fully, you know, shit the bed. But, um, yeah, it just I think mentally at the start of the race, you're just thinking about, oh, you know, the first thing is to swim. So just think about getting through that swim and then you get on the bike and then you get through transition onto the bike and just focus on, you know, the numbers that you've done in training, your heart rates, your power on the bike, your mm. speeds, the winds, you know, other people around you just get in a rhythm and just focus on your own race because if you go, you know, trying to race someone else's race and see someone else go past you and, you know, follow them up the road, 
by halfway through that ride, you're going to be cooked and you've still got six hours of racing to go. So Yeah, run yeah. your own race. Yeah, that's it, run your own race. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is that like, do you have the watch and stuff like that? And yeah. And you've obviously learned to run by a certain thing and you just keep that up to scratch? Yeah, that's right. So in the swim, obviously, you can't really see much. You, you've got your watch going, but you don't. You don't look at it in the swim. I mean, you can't unless you're going to stop and have a look at your watch. And you're not. We don't ever stop in um, the swim. So um, definitely in Townsville. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny story. I'll tell you about that later. I did have to stop this year in Townsville, but um, no. Like usually, you're not stopping. You're not looking, in, and then until you get through transition that T1, get through there, and then get on the bike. And on the bike, you got a little bike computer that reads out your power that you're pushing on the bike through your pedals, and then um, you're also looking at your heart rate because you're wearing a heart rate strap and um, yeah, and then you got speed on there as well. But in a long race, speed's not something you're going to look at because if you start trying to hit on a certain speed and, you know, there's so many variables, wind, hills, anything that can change that up. So you've just got to focus on your own, what what you've done in training and what you know you're capable of and just, like, chip away at that. Yeah. Running's your, like, favourite part of it, eh? Well, yeah. your strongest part. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd say so. Um, I was a runner before I was even doing triathlon, so... Yeah. That's probably my strength, to be honest. My swim's coming along pretty good, but, um, yeah, probably still definitely my run. Well, that's probably good. Go and get the swim, which probably you least like. Yeah, Then that's doing right. the bike and yeah. then getting into what you really like. Yeah, and, you know, it's probably best to be a strong rider because that's the longest part of the race. Mm. So, But it tends to be my weakness, so it mm. sort of makes it hard. But, um, yeah, I... I used to try and follow anyone that sort of went past you, like make it a proper race. But as the race gets longer and the longer distance races, you just you just learn to know you can't. You've got to just sit on. And if you know there could be a few minutes in there um, off the bike, but if you if you can back yourself and pace yourself properly in the ride, you, you'll be able to make them up in the run. Yeah. So you reckon your ride is your least favourite leg? Um, it's probably yeah. Oh. No, I don't, I don't mind the ride. The swim's probably the least favourite, to be honest. You know, you just want to get through the swim. It's the start of the race. You yeah. just want to get it going yeah. and get it going. And then you can't see what's going on too much in the swim either mm. because you just sort of head down in the water. But um, swim's probably least favourite. But, yeah, ride's probably my weakness at the moment. But, you know, it's, it's just time on the legs. Because yeah. I suppose what I was sort of getting at there is, is it hard for you getting up at two and training the thing that you least like? Like, is that the yeah. hard? Like, some days you might go, right, running today, let's fucking go. And yeah. it's about getting up and going, oh, fuck. It is, but then sometimes mentally getting on the bike's easier than um, running for work, like, especially early in the morning, because I sort of just get up, get ready and go. So there's not much time. You don't really wake. You're not fully awake yet, but sort of just zoning out, going. But at least on the bike, you know, you roll down the hill, you just stop pedaling, you're still moving, running. Yeah. If you just stop, you just stop. So... Mm. It's probably mentally easy to get out on the bike in the morning, but, um, yeah, sort of um, running is probably the hardest, to be honest. Yeah. Have you noticed since we got on, like, got you on last time, obviously you've been hooking into the scene, always see your stuff, like, on the socials and that after races and stuff like that. Um, has it helped out? Like, have you got any sponsors and that, that that have jumped on board to make it easier for you to fund these things that you're doing? Like, how's all that going for you? Yeah, no, it's going really good this year, actually, just sort of um, – like triathlon for an individual as an age group athlete, there's no money in prize money. So that, you know, it's all just self-funded and it is a pretty expensive sport when you, you, you factor in the cost of your bikes and your cost of equipment and then just race fees and getting to the race accommodation, fuel, yeah. everything that involved in any race is pretty expensive. So, um, yeah, I've actually, I've got uh, high risk solutions in Gladstone here come on this year. 
um, they've helped me out with uh, my programming and they're really good. Dave from High Risk Solutions, he's helped me out massively. Um, also the Guinea group in town, yeah. um, Anton, he's helped me out um, at a lot of races too. And um, yeah, and also Rugged Society, Camo's clothing business that he's oh, just nice. kicking off now. So I'm going to work with those guys and um, yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully we'll give you a bit of help from Alpha Blacks as well. Yeah, mate, I, I think so as well. Because like you said, if you're not getting much from the actual race and winning them, you sort of, it'd be draining for you constantly forking out of your own pocket, putting in that work. I don't mind doing it. Um, like, it's the cost, I mean, I enjoy doing it, so it's all right. But it's more like when you go to a race, you spend a lot of money and, you know, something does go wrong out of your control. You sort of feel like it's sort of, You've let someone else down. Um, yeah. I mean, I did a race in Geelong um, in February, and it's probably it was my one race that went shit this year. And um, I was sort of had a really good swim. I was one of the first couple out of the water in my age group, and I was sort of in a good position on the bike. And it was a 90k ride. It was a half Ironman, and we were probably 65, 70k in, and I was still sitting in a good position, feeling pretty good. And I was coming down a hill, and we were probably going about 45, close to the 50k an hour, and I just hit this the road was pretty rough so the whole way is pretty bumpy and i just hit this pothole and i've hit plenty of potholes around the place and i i just straight away my front wheel just went down and i thought oh, fuck. Oh. and then i went stopped straight away because it just went and just went straight down and i stopped pulled over and looked at it went to change it and realized both front and back were gone oh. i was like just it was the furthest i've ever gone probably to a race besides wa and oh, i um no. you know i've spent three days get like it was my third day there and um yeah just so so much it was probably my a race for the year i was really focused on having a good race there and um yeah when that happened i changed i changed the tires and then um one the second the back one wouldn't seal and so i just had to start walking back or well, on the way back anyway so um i just started walking back and there is a uh, motorist that go past with like re repairs and that sort of stuff and I didn't see. I saw a bike, motorbike, come past at one point, and he said he was going to go flag someone down to give us a spare tube. But I just wanted to finish the race at that point. I knew I was out of the race, but um, eventually someone come along with a spare tube, and we changed it and got going, got through to the end of the ride, and I think I was went from about second place to about 85th or something. And I still, I just focused on, you know, just finishing that ride and just using it as a good training session. I just tried to really hammer the run and just use it as a good. Yeah. Session, you know, I mean, you can't do anything else. You're not going to pull out. I mean, especially when you travel that far and nah. spend that much money, you may as well. A lot of people would just pull out. I mm. mean, they've just walked, I'd walk for half an hour, I think, um, push my bike and just had just constant people going past me looking at me. And it's like, well, nothing else I could do. Um, but yeah, you're not going to give up. You, you mm. know, you just set out, reset, do the run, use it as a good session. And, and, and mate, for people that sponsor you and that scene, you're still doing what you can to give it a crack. I yeah, think that'd be right. the biggest thing too than someone sort of stopping. But, man, yeah. that's got to deflate you too, right? Yeah. Same as your tyres. Yeah. Like, just going, fuck's sake. Yeah. Well, if you had a full team behind you, like, ring that other bike yeah, out. Yeah, that's right. And, like, but, you know, that's that, that can happen to anyone. It can happen to a professional too, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. That's their job. I mean, it's not my job at the end of the day, so... Um, Will people but, bring two bikes? Nah, you can't. In triathlon, you can't oh, okay, bikes yeah, yeah. Like in cycling races, I think you can at the top level, like yeah. in pros, but not in, a, in age group racing. You basically, if you can't, you t carry spares yourself, and if you can't get going yourself, you basically, your day's done. So. Um, yeah. Now, mate, I've always been confused, right? Like, see all your posts, I'm like, fuck, yeah. Um, like, it'll be first overall in such and such age group like 25 to 20 something or whatever it is. Can you break that down for us? Because I always get confused with knowing the whole 
run through of it, you know? Yeah, it is a little bit confusing. So in uh, age group racing, so there's professional ranks and then there's age group ranks. Right. So as a pro, you, you got a pro license and then you race against professionals and there's no age groups. It's just everyone for themselves, you know? And then um, then you got age group racing. And in age group racing, there's age gra- brackets from every five years. So starts at 18. Eight, well, there's 18 to 20-year-olds and then from there it's 20 to 25, 25 to 30 yeah. and so forth. Um, so I race in the 25 to 30 year olds, basically for 25 to 29s, um, at the moment. And then, so in every race, there's different wave starts in the swim. So you don't, not everyone all starts together. They yeah, start right sometimes up. a couple, couple waves together. So say maybe 18 to 35 year olds will start together in one wave, but then you're still racing your own age group. Um, and yeah, so you're competing for your age group for me, 25 to 29 year olds. And then. At the end, when you look at the results, you you can compare yourself to the overall age grouper. So basically, out of all the age different age groups, the fastest overall age grouper. Yeah. So that's what that's classed as, and then your your own individual age group as a. Yeah, um, no, that makes sense, man. Yeah. So how, how do you find which age group normally performs the best? Um, it depends on the distance. Like over that shorter distance, it's probably the younger guys. You know, up to up to about my age group, up to about you know thirty year olds maybe, but. Um, then as the distance gets a bit longer, it's probably the old sort of 35 to 40 year olds and then mm. full Ironman distance anywhere from, you know, 25 to 40 year olds is probably the fastest depends on the race. But, um, usually those sort of couple age groups at the moment, um, yeah, the long, long course racing probably anywhere from 20 to 30 year olds, I'd say. Do you reckon that because the real Ironman ones is like a mental fuck? You reckon that's why, like, you need to build that resilience over time to be good at it? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. It probably is. It has a lot. That has a lot of it um, play into it, especially like maturity and mature racing and that sort of stuff. Um, but also just many years of time on the legs. You know, they've just yeah. had that. Those guys that have started when they're say 15. I mean, to be a proper good professional, like, oh, there's plenty of people that expect expectations to that. But um, yeah, like the, I'd say probably just so many years building up over the over the racing over on the legs just muscle memory in the legs to be strong over that full line men distance it tends to be around the 30 30 probably full line man 35 is probably peak I reckon. yeah so you're in a pretty good position now well how old are you now 27 27 to be sort of in the middle of that competed in two already like give yourself a good platform now to get the miles in the legs to really be performing by that age. Is that what you're planning to do? Yeah, that's right. And I did those two Ironmans last year. Um, probably main reason was because they've just announced that these world champs in 2024, they announced that last year. So it's sort of like I've, I did a lot of speed type racing up until last year. And then I thought, well, I need this long course racing sort of in between half Ironman and full Ironman. So I need that extra endurance in the legs. So we spent the year last year focusing on that long long distance Ironman yep. type stuff just purely for this World Champs next year. So then this year's back, dropped back to the half distance just so I can um, get the qualification really and do the races. And so I've just got that extra muscle memory in the legs now. And then, um, yeah, next year just be purely focused on that race. So Yeah, awesome, man. You talked before a little bit about you'll touch on a story from Townsville. Yeah. Like it, I suppose a few mishaps or a few other struggles. You talked about that one with the bike, but any other sort of dramas you've had to go through mid-race and shit? Um, well, yeah, that Townsville one's probably the biggest one for me like that I've ever um, had like issues with. So 
literally just so the race was the friday afternoon we drove 10 hours to get there over the thursday half and then the rest of the way friday we got, i think the race started about four o'clock in the afternoon and we we pulled into townsville about two o'clock in the half and sort of got settled in um it was that was the aquathon so it was a 1k swim 5k run and i knew it was going to be all out it's going to be pretty intense just because it's so it's such a short distance and um i'd never done an aquathon or a duathlon before i'd only ever done the triathlon so so it's going to be a different type of race, and I'm going to finish the swim and get straight on the run without that bike in between. Mm. And um, yeah, so. we started. Yeah, <laughs> we started the um, swim, and I think they let the pros off first. There was a few of them, and then we were the second wave. I think they went 18 year olds through to about 30 year olds, and it was just a mass start for for our age group. And then there was three minutes gap between each each set age group. Um, after that, and we sprinted in they. They took us off and we sprinted into the water and it's probably a 20 metre run from the beach into the water. And usually when you start running into the water, you just sort of run as far as you can in the water and then you sort of start dolphin diving and porpoising until you you can't anymore. It gets too deep and then you start swimming basically 10 metres or so. Yeah. And I sort of sprinted in, I was sort of stepping over a wave, but you can never really time it because they start it and, you know, there might be a wave coming or there might not be. And I sort of just stood and we've raced so many times like this and I just sort of stepped over a wave and then dove in and... As I dove in, I sort of threw my arms out to glide forward, and as I did that, I um, my hand just speared into the sand. Yeah. I thought, oh, that didn't really hurt at the time, but because of the adrenaline, but I thought it didn't really feel right, and I sort of stood up to go again, and I looked at my f- hand, and my middle finger on my left hand was just fully, nearly ninety degrees to the oh, side, dislocated. Fuck. And I thought, oh, fuck's sake! Just drove ten hours to get here. I've had been here for two hours. This is I'm here for two days for this. Uh, two events and this is 10 seconds into the race oh. and um yeah i sort of stood up and looked at it and i sort of was one of the first ones into the water so there was everyone sort of just rushing past you sort of pushing you out of the way and i'm thinking i'm just looking at my thing finger and i thought i don't know what to do with you I, i've never popped my finger out before so i'd like just started trying to snap it back straight <laughs> <laughs> i thought no this isn't a good idea mm. and i thought oh well walk back into the beach so there's three minutes between the next wave so probably 30 seconds in at this stage Walked back into the beach and I saw um, the next wave was all waiting on the start line and I saw a uh, lifeguard yep. and I said, hey, showed him. Finger was like out here like this, yep. basically from that bottom knuckle. Um, and I said, can you pop this back in? And she's, she goes, oh, just close your eyes and turn around. And I was like, doing these ones. And um, she she said, you got to pull them back straight through the through the knuckle to get it back into place. And I was like, yeah, righto. And I said, do it, hurry up, like, basically the race is going. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I thought, was, I want to get back out there. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, no, nah, you, you can't race. And she's like, tried to, she's like, I can't do it. She said, it's too far gone. You're going to have to see an ambulance. So I was like, right, oh, well, where are they? And there was one, luckily, it's about 10 metres away on the beach. So I just ran over to them. I was like, my finger's dislocated. Can you pop it back in for me? And she looked at it and she sort of half went to have a go. And she said, no, nah, that's too far gone. You're going to have to go oh, to hospital. No. I said, I can't go to hospital. I said, they're only just going to pop it back in there. I said, Show me how to do it. So she's like, told me I got to pull it through the knuckle and I knew what the lifeguard tried to do. So I just turned around and ripped it and it popped back in. Yeah. And I, was just, I looked at her and just smiled and I said, see you later. And I just sprinted. <laughs> <laughs> and at this stage, I looked at my watch and it was they were calling 10 seconds to the, to the next wave, yeah. um, which is the older guys. And um, I had to get out before them. Otherwise, I'm going to get stuck in behind all these guys. And I thought I just sprinted into the water. And as I started to sprint it in, the next wave come in behind me and I thought, oh, good i've got in front of them but my fingers like it's pretty swollen like Fucking it was hurt. i couldn't mm. brand it or anything yeah. didn't even want to look at it it all happened so quick and 
So it was about three minutes I lost, and I was like, well, may as well I'm up here. Again, just like may as well finish the race. Mm. So I did the swim. Like I was just by myself because there was no one no one in, like in front of me for a few hundred metres and then like sort of got in front of the guys behind me and um, I sort of caught the back of the wave, the slower swimmers towards the end of the swim um, and then got onto the run and didn't know what place I was in because they had those three age groups. So I was yeah. like thinking, oh, that guy probably be about my age group. And I was racing, I caught a couple and I thought, saw a guy because it was two laps on the run, five k's out and back twice. I saw a guy, I thought, yeah, I reckon he's the first place in my age group and he was, you know, a couple of minutes up the road on the run. And, um, yeah, got through the first lap and I was second lap. I was still starting to catch slowly. I was passing people. Um, yeah, and got to the last turnaround with uh, about 1.25k to go and I saw him and I was like, oh, there's only about 30 seconds here. I've got a really hammer of this. So I just... Gave it everything, you know, like um, I just thought, well, no point giving up now, just mm. hook in. So I um, just gave it everything for that last 1.25 and I caught him with about 200 metres to go and ended up getting the win in that race. So, Did you? Yeah. So I was pretty <laughs> Holy <laughs> fuck. Yeah. And then that, was the, that was the Australian Championship for the Aquathon too. So I ended up winning that Australian title. So, Mate, what a fucking <laughs> yarn. That is yeah. great to get the win after that. Yeah, and at the time, everyone was sort of saying, oh, how's your hand? And, I mean, it wasn't strapped up or anything. It was just like, it was swollen. As soon as I finished, I could hardly bend it. And I was, saw the adrenaline was starting to wear mm. off and it was starting to get a bit sore. And I went and saw that ambulance officer that didn't want to have pop it back in. And I said, well, I got it in, but can you strap it up now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she had a look at it. I said, do I have to go to hospital or what? And she said, oh, if you've got a bit of movement in it, you probably, I don't know, it's up to you. And I was like, well. I've got to race again tomorrow, so probably a good idea. But I never did. She just strapped it up and I yeah. just iced it. And it sort of felt all right the next day. It was pretty sore. But the next day was the duathlon where we had to do um, run, ride, run. Mm. So it was going to be fine on the run, but r riding with tape all the way around my hand was going to be pretty hard, especially braking. And it was pretty sore on the bike because there's lots of speed bumps. But, um, yeah, I got through it and ended up winning that one too. So I got both the Australian good titles shit, while I was up there. So it was luckily I... Sort of kept going in that race, but um, yeah, it could have been because if I didn't finish that first one, I don't reckon I would have done the second one the next day. So yeah. it's sort of good that I got through them. But yeah, mental toughness awesome. is fucking yeah, good job, mate. It's do you know what the dislocation of the finger thing is more so? It's it doesn't really hurt. Yeah, it's more you processing that your fucking fingers are ninety degrees. Yeah, and you're and going pull like it makes you a bit crook that's what in the I was guts. Thinking, and I was thinking, oh god, and even it just stayed. Sw it's still a bit swollen now. Mm. Um, and after about um, like a month, I thought, oh, still pretty swollen. I better get this checked out because in case it's broken or something. I mean, they can't do anything with fingers, so I feel nah, like, nah, nah, it should be right. Um, I've got to put a glove on at work every day, so there's no point strapping it up. And um, it wasn't it, the pain went away, but it was sort of just swollen. And got x-rays and scans, and turns out it was broken. But um, I'd say that was just from me trying to snap it back straight yeah. when Mate, it was that's... dislocated because I'm glad I didn't force it too much because, yeah, well, it definitely wasn't going to help. That's why you look at all the old footy players' hands, like me old men, all the cunts. Their knuckles are fucked. Because yeah. I remember one day out at um, Calliope, man, I was playing. I didn't really see, but I knew someone was coming in to tackle, and I misjudged. I thought they were like a metre away. So I just pushed my hand out to palm them, but hadn't pushed it out straight yet. And the two middle fingers, I dislocated the opposite ways. Oh. So I come out of the tackle, looked down, <laughs> I went, ah! Oh! <laughs> like, and one finger was out that way, one was the other way, and I went, oh, fuck me. So I had to run to the sideline, 
said to our like dude, hey bros, fucking chuck that in. He goes, fuck that. <laughs> and fucking um, Platty, shout out to Platty. We were playing the fish. Said Platty, fucking get over here. <laughs> he come over. He's like, Whoa, like put him back in. But it's just that, like when you are looking at your hand, yeah, and you just go on. Oh, that does just processing it. Yeah, that's like, right. Oh, that's I can't thing. make it straight. Hurry up. And I think that's what I thought too. Like when she said I had to go up to the hospital, I thought, well, they're only going to pop it back in up there. Mm. I'm only going to be looking at it for the next half an hour until I get there. Let's just get it done now because, yeah. I mean, what else? I'm yeah, you're happy right. you did that now though. Yeah, that's right. Like, I was like, know. well, I know for next time now. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. The old basketball used to cause some carnage. Oh, the, the, the jarred jar fingers. The jar fingers. Yeah. It fucking hurts, doesn't it? Yeah, and then like you said though, Jack, like you got that swollen knuckle now. It's one of those things that well, I even get a bit sore sometimes too from similar things, but they always have that sore point around it, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do. And this one, yeah, it's still you can see the sort of it's not swollen, but it's just like hard yeah. on the outside there, and you're thinking, oh, I don't know what they've um, you know, you think it must be something going on floating Probably around. Probably cartilage and yeah, shit. Yeah, or who oh, knows? But yeah, no, nah, it's all good now. So yeah, where was your last one, Noosa? I uh, did Noosa about uh, the start of November, and then I did Harvey Bay last week, uh, two weeks ago, yeah, yep. middle of November, so got yep. those two done now. I'm basically done for the year now, so there's one this weekend at the Town of Sands, just a local casual one, but um, yeah, all the main races are done for the year, so that's, is, I think, 12 races I've done this year. Has there any been any memorable races for you so far that you've been like, oh, I'm fucking pumped with me performance, like maybe a PB or just something where you've overdone what you thought you were happy with sort of thing um yeah like i've had a lot of races this year that i've been thinking that um probably the uh, race in Malulabar in march that was the australian olympic distance championships yeah and i've been sort of i've done that this is my sixth year this year doing it and i've just been slowly chipping away getting closer and closer to winning that one and i won it this year and nice. uh, that was probably yeah the biggest one for me probably my biggest win actually yet uh, probably the biggest field ever i've ever raced into and just sort of seeing over the years getting closer and closer each year and then the last three years I was like third two years ago second last year and to win this year and awesome man. you know you just feel like that yeah set of you know accomplished something that you've sort of been setting up for so long yeah oh 100 percent, dude yeah and even like this end of this year right um when would your first race be next year like um yeah probably not probably February yeah yeah mm. so this time now obviously you want you don't want to just blow out and then yeah. come back, but is this the time where you sort of do enjoy a couple of beers, eat a bit of food while training? Like, what's your process until? Yeah, until so now again? pretty much from that Harvey Bay race I did two weeks ago, like I'm basically an off season now. Um, I'll just be taking it easy. I'm not into any set program or anything now for the next month or two. Just just doing my own thing. I'll keep training, but I won't be doing it. It doesn't matter if I miss a day or two or, you know, I'm not going to set out to do certain intervals or anything. If I feel like I'm for a ride, I'll just go for a ride, you know. Just allow um, yourself to reset a little bit. You don't bit. have to hit targets or meet certain sort of paces and times. And It's a good way to powers. be. Keep it fun. Yeah, just to go out and just enjoy it, just for general fitness. And, yeah. You know, you know, if there's someone else that wants to go for a run or something, just do that rather than yeah. saying, oh, I've just got to do this certain session that I've got to get done. You know, you can tag along, but it might not suit what you're doing or, yeah, yeah just just enjoying it for the next couple of months. How many people in town can try keep up with you? Oh, no, there's, you know, like... Cause can, you, can you actually go for a run with someone now and they're going to be okay? Or, or are they <laughs> no. signing off going, get fucked? <laughs> no. Start, no, mate, I'll have a coffee that. and see you at the end. Yeah. yeah, no, no, like especially because, you know, you go and go for a run. There's plenty of runners in town that don't do triathlon. Yeah, yeah, too, so. yeah. 
I, I can do plenty of runs with other people, and especially rides too. There's a heap of cyclists in town too that um, that I can go and ride with. They're not so much. I'm not going out and doing a triathlon every time. I'm sort nah. of go for a ride or a run. So that must suck. Plenty, that part. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just joking, mate. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, go quick, get a soy latte for fucking yeah. brekkie. Yeah. <laughs> swim to facing. Yeah. yeah, not quite. Where do you do most your swims here, Tom? Uh, just not, yeah, in the pool, to be honest. Just, yeah. I don't do too many ocean swims. Just c- convenient to go to the pool. It's just yeah. easy. You know, you're safe. You can go there. You can do your certain sessions. And, you know, I try and get to, down to Tanimore. I have done a few sessions in the dam too, but mm. most of the time it's just easy. You just go down the pool. And just get not, the fucking, get the body used yeah, to the Yeah, and you're part. doing certain sessions where you're not just going out and doing, you know, two or three Ks straight. You're doing intervals and that sort of stuff. It's just easy doing it in the pool. Yeah, no, for sure. Mate, like with all the stuff you're saying, like you won't be in the program thing or hitting targets, do you have a team that you work with, like a coach who will give you like your monthly schedule and shit and does that make it easier for you just to bang it out? Yeah, 100%. It makes it so much easier for me, especially like I've been working with my coach, Kefren Izzard, now for about um, probably four or five years. Yeah, um, and he's really good. Like we know each other really well now. He's down in Brisbane, but it's all just set through an app, and he just posts it in there each week what I've got to do. Um, and you know, if work changes or I've got to do different things, I, I can move days around, and he he just checks in on it through the week and makes sure it's all good, makes sure I'm not overdoing it, so I'm not going to get injured or stuff. And it just works really well the relationship we've got like that. Um, and he's really knowledge- knowledgeable in the sport too. He's done a lot. So um, when it um, comes to just me going and doing the training, I just look at that, don't have to worry about thinking what I've got to do. I just follow the set and get mm. it done. It's just so much easier. Yeah, that's the game, man. What, what about your food? Is anyone on board with you supplying your food and shit? Uh, no, not really. Um, Shout out TikTok. Get on board, yeah. people. Yeah, get on a jack, mate. Yeah, that's probably one thing I probably could focus on a bit better. I'm a bit slack on that sort of um, side of things. I sort of just tend to just make, you know, eat standard food, try and eat fairly healthy, but... Um, I haven't never really dialed in the nutrition too much, like uh, like meal prepping and any of that sort of mm. stuff. Um, during training sessions and that, like I drink certain nutritions and that sort of stuff. Um, that's all liquid based. So I mean, when you're out for hours at a time, it's all liquid. So yeah, um, you can take certain little bars and that sort of stuff, but it's a lot easier just um, with nutrition mm. in your water bottle. So and it's got all the carbs and all the, everything that you need to get through your session. Yeah. I suppose because like you were saying before, man, like some people are professionals and that's their job, right? You're working fucking 12 hours a day. So anything that you can get like a trainer that gives you a program, it means that you don't have to put all your time into thinking what you're going to do. You can just go bang. Yeah, that's right. So it'll be primed to get someone for you that's sending you those meals as well where it's another less thing you have to focus on and you can really, you know, push for the right things. Yeah, that'd be awesome because, yeah. As like you say, yeah, just that extra thing you got to do when you're doing, you know, a couple an hour and a half before work some days, and then doing twelve hours, and then racing to the pool after work, and the yeah. pool closes by seven fifteen. So you're literally doing your swims with no rest in between because you're just hammering it trying to get it done, and then so it works out to be some days fifteen hours a day, and then you get home and you, you're having dinner and. You know, you you just feel like sitting on the lounge and just relaxing, but you've got to get to bed because you got to get up in bloody five six hours, yeah, and man, it's just that's... back to back four days, five days in a row sometimes. And then on the Saturday, I'm always out doing my long training on the weekends at the moment. Um, so I'm up early, you know, three thirty and doing four hours on the bike, and then oh. a five ten k run, and then usually a swim in the afternoon. So it takes a lot of time as well as just doing the sport, but the prepping as well. 
I mean, if I didn't prep the night before the training session, I probably, you know, half the time wouldn't do it because just laying the clothes out, getting the food ready, getting the drinks ready, making sure I'm ready to go because you just limit that time that you you just sleep as much as possible, to be mm. honest. Yeah. Mate, I'm sure there's people listening going, you mad cunt. Yeah. Like as in, my thing is for you, people will be hearing that, you know, your sponsors help you get there, but there's not that much money in the thing that you're doing at the moment. I'm sure the question's there to what fires you up about what you're doing? Like what makes you do all of what you just said? Yeah, and I think, um, I don't know, I, I love it. I love just um, just putting myself through it sounds weird but putting myself through that type of pain um you know just satisfaction about going out and getting it done and you feel good about yourself while you're doing it and during and after as well i mean sometimes you're thinking i just want this session to be over because it's just hell but you know when you're finishing if you get it done and you finish the set properly you're thinking oh i'm like you just see the progression over the over the years and then it follows up during the races too you do the race and you get a good result and you're like, oh, well, I'm glad the last six months was worth it because if it blows out, you're like, oh, was it worth it? But yep. it always isn't and it sort of comes around and just year, year after year it sort of works out. I mean, we've slowly been getting better and better and more consistent races this year and I think, yeah, I've had nine wins from 12 races this year and Fuck with man, the three Australian awesome. titles and, um, yeah, it just proves that the training we are doing is working because I do get a lot of people question the training I do and yeah. say, oh, you know, you're not sleeping enough, you're not recovering enough, you know, but what can you do when you're working? It's if you're working full time as well. You, if you don't do those sessions, someone else is going to do them for you. So, and mm. they're going to be the one in front of you at the end of the and ra- end of the race. So, mate, Goggins would be proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> you're staying hard. That's for sure. <laughs> do you reckon there's many people doing the hours you're doing at work and training like you? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, you don't know. There is yeah, guys that yeah. sort of. Psychos. There wouldn't well. be many of the cunts, man. <laughs> there no wouldn't, way. mate. Yeah. No fucking way there would be many working. Twi- they might be working. And a physical and they job might be as well. Sitting at a fucking desk or something like that, which, hey, I'm not going to throw barbs at that. Good on you. But that's a different kettle of fish, working a physical job for 12 hours and then doing that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it does like sort of weigh on your mind a bit. And I have had people say, oh, geez. If you're doing all that training, you must be, you know, up at six o'clock in the morning and doing training before you start work. I'm like, mate, I'm at work at five thirty. <laughs> yeah. I've already done two hours training. Like some of the sessions we've done this <laughs> That's year, like fucking loose. We did some big sessions through the middle of the year, and it was starting to get like beyond a joke. To be honest, and even for me, like I'm thinking, oh, this is getting stupid. Like I think when we were training for the marathon in July, I I knocked out a running session one day. I think I started at ten past two, and I did um, twenty seven k's, and a lot of it was. <laughs> like run wise and a lot of it was in high intensity and i finished and i thought i don't know how i'm gonna go at work today and i got through it you know you're a bit tired but you get a bit of nutrition on you're right you get through the day and then i think i'd knocked out a 3k swim after work that day and i thought (laughs) fucking half yeah over a half mara yeah Yeah, work four and a half hours training and you know plus 12 hours at work but you know so i I enjoy what i do so jackie back to the personal bit of that right like you just talked about all the hours you're putting in there like you've got a missus um, obviously a life outside of this stuff. How how does she go and how does your home life go or your social life even balancing that off the back of it? It'd be pretty hard sometimes. Yeah, it is hard. Like, it's just a balance. I mean, you just got to really learn to um, be disciplined and, you know, prep work to be able to have that, those spare times. And uh, my wife, Alex, she's really good about it. She's um, been really supportive of me over the years and yeah, she, awesome. she'll back me every every day to make sure I'm, I can you know, do the training and race well. And, um, yeah, she's always really good. She always does dinner and that sort of stuff to make sure I'm, you know, I finish a training session and, you know, have a good feed and that sort of stuff. So, 
Um, yeah, but with um, social things, you know, that, that's why I train early in the morning, even on the weekends. I could go out at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock, have a sleep and go out and do four hours and spend half the day. And even um, Alex says to me sometimes, just go do that. Like, don't don't wake up early. But I, I just, I think to myself, no, nah, I can't do that to you. I can't do it. i got to get, like, I'm not going to waste the day. I mean, it's my two days off. I'm not going to waste the weekend spending half the day out. I'll, I'll get it done and I'm done by 7 or 8 in the morning and then you've got the day. Even though you are a bit tired, you're still you still got the day with them and getting yeah. jobs done. And um, and for you, it would be like your sacrifice and time to allow me to do this. So yeah, I'll make right. sure that I can put the time back into you. And she'd appreciate that. Bit, yeah, you know? yeah, that's right. And I like some weekends I think, oh, I should, yeah, I should just sleep in and do it, you know, in the middle of the day. But I just prefer getting it done, getting it over with, and then you got the day to, you know, do whatever you need to do, catch up with mates or, you know, get jobs done around the house. house so that sort of mm. thing. That's what I try and do anyway. Yeah, yeah, for sure, mate. No, that's it's fucking hectic, man, to break that right down and know. Like sometimes I think I got a bit on, but that's fucking, that's pretty full on, you know. I think like next year is it the same sort of um, thing for you? Like your goals, you know, keep pushing like you've been doing. And yeah, I mean, like we've been training and working towards this race in twenty twenty four now yeah. for probably a year and a half to close to two years. So now that I've got the qualification, I'll just focus on that race next year and it's in um, end of August. So um, next year I'll be just purely focused on that and just sort of chipping away one month at a time. I'll do a couple smaller races leading in, but um, yeah, that'll be the goal. And then after that, we'll see what goes on after there and see where we where we sit. Yeah. So those races next year before then will be all like tailor-made to suit your prep for that big one. Yeah. The, the, like there's always plenty of races on. You just plan around what you can do and what suits in with whatever your A races are. So you plan what they call them A races, the, your most, the race that most important to you for the year. And then you got other races that sort of lead into them or don't mean as much if it goes wrong, more of a training session that you can really push yourself on. Yeah. Because you always push yourself more in a race than you will in a training session. You can mentally push yourself pretty hard in training, but just having that race vibe and other people around pushing you, you just find that extra edge. So even if you use those smaller races just to just to chip away at the big races, mm. just to you know go through the motions and make sure everything's set for the, for when it is important. Yeah, nice, mate. Do you I, reckon the uh, community is actually getting bigger? The triathlete, the triathlon, sorry. Yeah, it is. It, um, like, like growing. Yeah, it is. Like there's always people coming and going. Uh, people, you know, that are runners will get into triathlon, and some of them hang around for a couple of years and go back to just running. You know, they they might not have the time, or they just, get, um, you know, they just prefer running or you know riding or stuff. But there, it is like there is uh, more and more people and um, more younger people too, which is good to see. Like. Um, yeah, just over the last probably 12 months, I've seen a big growth in it around this area. I honestly feel like it's just people looking after themselves. Yeah. Like as in, not overall, there's still fat fuckers everywhere. But I'm, I just mean overall, I feel like the getting yourself fit is starting to get a little bit bigger. Well, like, you definitely think after, after the Weezer, people are going, ah, oh, let's start having a bit of a look at this. But having a go, but maybe yeah. it's because we're starting to get later in our twenties too, and starting yeah. to go right. Hey, let's fucking get a bit fitter, like um, losing weight and stuff like but that. But you, you always know? go when you go down the coast for a family holiday. You go, fuck these guys are just out walking and yeah. fucking getting out there. <laughs> you don't see as much. Glads and are all shift workers where we've come from. Well, unlike like. They're not like Jackie. They're working 12 hours and she's dark. Yeah. <laughs> so they're fucking going home. 
Yeah, they're waiting for Thursday night to go to the mall to pay their bills. Yeah. Yeah, and I think with more gyms opening up around here, like people get into gym or, you know, yeah. CrossFit or whatever, then they give triathlon and go or any running or come mm. along to running events or, you know, cycling events, swimming events. And then, um, you know, they just think, oh, well, we'll give triathlon a go, even if they're just doing it just to have a go and getting it done and just for their own personal goals, just... Yeah, they enjoy that sort of thing, so it's good mm. to see. It's good that we've done this. Uh, well, the port and that's done the area up down here. It's a bit oh, easier yeah. to Yeah, the train. facilities down like around East Shores and that sort of stuff are really good. I mean, well, when I f started that, I don't even think East Shores was fully developed and mm. um, it, it's, it wasn't a nice area to run around. So Dodging um, crackheads down the flats here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, characters. <laughs> Jackie, if someone was looking right, because I know a lot of people might go, oh, I'd like to do that one day, but they don't really know how to start. What does someone need, just a basic fucking thing, and how much you reckon it would set them back just to give triathlons a crack, even just at the very basic level? Oh, it wouldn't cost much. To be honest. That's how I got into the sport. I was just running, and I um, I bought a cheap bike, and, you know, I didn't even do that much training. I just I was just doing a bit of running, and then I jumped in the pool a couple of times just to make sure I could swim the distance and I couldn't even swim when I first started triathlon and um you know I think that's the biggest thing swimming and people get scared about especially out in the ocean they think oh I can go to the pool and swim 50 meters and the panic in the ocean but you know the local events here are really good the small um distances they do and everyone's supportive no one cares you know like if you stop for a bit and then have a rest and get going it's all so casual that no one's going to get up yeah. there or anything and um, they do two laps in the swim in the Tannum one, so you can have that rest in the middle and you sort of have a walk along the beach and go again, or if you want to run it, you can. Um, and then, but cost-wise, you know, you can get a cheap bike, you know, you pick one up on classifiers, cheap as, cheap mm. as chips, and then, um, you know, a set of goggles doesn't cost much, 20 bucks, and then, um, you know, a set of running shoes or whatever, just yeah. joggers, doesn't matter. Um, get through it. I mean, you can walk the run if you can't make the run. I mean, you can um, ride and stop stop get off your bike have a rest and go again i mean no one really cares mm. um, no one judges you in triathlon either like you get out there and you see in the races everyone's there to support each other and um help each other out make sure if someone needs something they'll help each other out so it's really good community yeah that's good yeah. mate because yeah i'm sure there's a few people listening that probably have once thought oh, i'll give it a go so that's a good little insight in that it's a friendly environment if people want to actually just go test themselves oh, yeah crack. And mm. you can do, um, in the events too, you can do teams. So um, you can, you know, grab a couple of mates. Someone does the swim, someone does the ride, and someone does oh, the yeah. run. So that's how I started. I um, I just did the run leg on a, in a team, and someone else did the ride, and someone else did the swim. And then from there, you're in the event, so you see how other people do it. Yeah. Because if you've never been to one, you don't know the rules. And, I mean, especially in the small events, no one cares. Yeah. Um, That'll be all right. Quinn, you can do the ride. <laughs> <laughs> Who's swimming? Oh, fuck no. Such an athlete, mate, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, I was just joking. But no, that's, that's cool as well, man, that yeah, you can so you get, get a little team. Yeah, so you get to see how it all works, how it all plays out, and then the following year you might want to have a crack at doing it individually or whatever and or do another team. Yep, yep. So, oh, good stuff, mate. Oh, that's excellent, bro. It's uh, great to see what you've done in the meantime and the, and the goals you've got, like the plans. I still remember that. Last time we spoke to you, the Ironman being your next thing you wanted to complete, you're done too, and now you've got that goal next year to really fucking kick yeah. ass, mate. So it's great to see. Um, hopefully through this, if you're keen to sponsor Jackie or help him out with what he's trying to do, fucking reach out. Yeah, that'd be um, great. Where do they go to like get on to you, mate? Like followers, um, 
your socials, I suppose, or where? what's the best place to contact you? Yeah, just through Facebook or Instagram, um, either one of them, just Jack Smith and you'll find me. Yeah, there's um, a, probably yeah, a thousand, four hundred thousand Jack Smiths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Choose one, anyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you? You've also, like, you've changed jobs, obviously, since we've last got you on as well. How are you liking the operating side as well? Yeah, yep. yeah, so I'm out at Wicket now. Um, it's really good. It's been a good change. I like it. Learn new skills and um, mix it up a bit, which has been good. Um yeah, it's been a good change. I um, didn't think I'd ever do something like that, but now that I have, I'm glad I did. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, well, you look like a lecky, but you're actually a fitter. You're a good bloke. Sunk the boot in there, didn't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, he did. <laughs> but I, what I used to like about the operating side, Jack, too, is it's just that bit of variety. Yeah. Like you might rock up and go and set a swinging off something in summer. You might be in an aircon cab yeah. pushing a train. Yeah, that's like, right. Yeah, definitely mixing it up. Definitely something I wouldn't have... Um, thought about ever doing but when you sort of get a job at wicket you sort of get pushed into it and i'm glad i did mm. it's good uh, that's good mate so everything's going pretty good for you then yeah bro. it's going good yeah yeah no that's unreal mate it's great to hear that comes down from <clears> the <throat> discipline and stuff like yeah, yeah i suppose it does it, it follows through with a lot of things in life you know mm. yeah no 100 percent, mate we to wrap things up we got the guest questions now they've changed a little bit since you're on the first time the first one's, have you ever been arrested, which we already asked you, and you haven't been arrested nah, since then? Nah. No, right. Discipline, job. discipline, mate. <laughs> Good job, mate. Good job. Um, what was your first job? Uh, first job, I was uh, um, at Macca's, actually. Yeah, yeah right. Just out the back cooking. Nice. <laughs> a few fries. Yeah, yeah, good shit, bro. <laughs> good job. Um, you, this is a hard one. You can invite three people to dinner, dead or alive. Who are they and why? Um, yeah, that is a hard one. Um Probably go someone like Steve Irwin, just a proper good Australian bloke. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be pretty cool just to hear some stories. Um, who else? I'd probably go someone like a sporting um, legend, probably like Roger Federer or someone, someone that's just been a goat in their area for so long, you know. Yeah. Um, and then maybe someone else in the sporting area, probably like Shane Warne or someone like that. It's just got some proper good stories, you know, even mm. about sport and just outside of sport as well. They're, yeah. they're two pretty popular ones, Warney and, and Steve Irwin. Yeah, just, like I just proper Australian icons, those two. Yeah. Just yeah, to no, yeah. Nah, fucking oath. And you're right with old Roger, hasn't he? Just oh. it's What blows me away with him... Is you look at him and he's like Cameron Smith in the rugby league world. Like their body, yeah, their body looks like sort of an accountant. Yeah, that's but right. But they're just primo. <laughs> yeah, the at whole, what they for, do for so many years too. Yeah, it's just, and it's just so consistent too. Yeah, no, that's that's spot on, bro. Uh, what's the best piece of advice you've been given? Um, probably, probably just if you set yourself a goal, don't give up on it. Just keep chipping away at it. You know, it might take a few years, whatever, but. Just keep chipping away at it and you'll eventually get there or get closer and just set goals in life and you'll get there. Yep, oh, for sure. Was that a good feeling for you completing that Iron Man? Like having that goal and then ticking it off? Yeah, it was. Like just you just feel so good. Like oh, you don't feel good after it, but um, <laughs> yeah, you feel like just mentally you're like, oh, I'm so glad you actually went out and had a go at it, even yeah. if you thought you might not achieve it, you know, just to have a go and. Um, and finally get through it, it's it's really satisfying. Do you reckon it's important then to move the goalposts? Like how soon after you knock that off 
Did you have another one there to keep pushing you? Oh, about three days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought, well, I've done about six months of this Ironman-specific training. And I'm going to drop back to a different distance. I'm going to have to start it again if I'm going to do another Ironman. Yeah. So I may as well, while I'm doing it, just follow through and just do another one that year. And um, it just worked out that last year for me to do that. Yeah, nice, bro. That's awesome. Um, what is on top of your bucket list now? Um, probably... Just in, the, I suppose, in sporting, probably get to that Ironman World Champs and then, um, yeah, that'd be pretty cool, doing another Ironman in a couple of years and get to those World Champs there in Hawaii and everyone always wants to get to those ones, so that'd be pretty cool. And then um, just in life, I suppose, just do a bit more travelling and that sort of stuff. Yep. Yep. You were saying last time, I'm pretty sure from memory, that it's very fucking hot over there, isn't it? Like it's, yeah, a, tough, it's they, a tough Ironman. They do, yeah. That's probably why, I mean, it's hard to qualify to get there. And then when you do get there, they class as the hardest Ironman or one-day sporty event in the world. Um, just because ah. it's so hot, they get some really strong winds. Um, you know, you're racing on the edge of a lava field and it's 40-odd <laughs> degrees on the mm. run and the winds are just howling. Um Sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good in a car. Yeah, your alley car. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, fuck, that'd be awesome if you can get there, mate. Yeah, oh, just, 100%. you know, just as a goal, just to set it and try and get there, that'd be pretty cool. Mm. Oh, mate, I can't wait to see if you do and then when you do, here you go. Yeah. It'll be, uh, it'll be good. You're going to Japan next week, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, heading off to Japan next oh. uh, Thursday for seven days before Christmas. Just Tell us about that, brother. Yeah, I'm going to go over to Tokyo for um, just a holiday with wife Alex and um, have a look around and, you know, check, hopefully it's going to be snowing. might be just the start of the snow season, so it might get a little bit. But, yeah, just have a look around. Never been um, up to Japan or overseas, so it's going to be good. Haven't been overseas no. at all. Nice. No, be good to get it. Yeah, have a look. And Cam, you've been to Japan, eh? Yeah, so I said, once you get over the overwhelming of, how many people are there and stuff like that. Yeah, it's going to be pretty Tokyo happy. is pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of stuff to look at and do. Yeah, that's right. So it'll be good. Oh, good on you, bro. And I think we um, said this last time too, but I can't remember. Alien's real. Nah. Oh, I Jack is one of the only ones. <laughs> yeah. I don't reckon, but to be honest, there's a few that hang around down here that you yeah. probably think they're probably classes, aliens. Yeah. yeah. Nah, fuck it, sweet as, man. No, mate, thanks heaps for coming in. It's been great hearing what you've done between now and the last time we had you on. And, um, yeah, if you want to help get behind Jack to help him fund what he's doing and just support him, go follow Jack Smith on the socials, one out of the million that are there. That's it. And, um, yeah, good on you, brother. Yeah, sweet. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks again, mate. No worries. Stay out of each other.